we are continuing our series that I'm calling Who Am I? with an episode titled, You Are Not Broken. Now, maybe you identify as broken. Actually, for several years, that's exactly how I was identifying. Hey, it's Amber, wife, mother, type A child of God. Here are little things we look at everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for listening. With all the sort of trauma that I had in my life and various situations, I was an emotional wreck and I was working through things. I was taking the steps to heal. I was working on forgiving people. I was talking to people. I was definitely praying and talking with my husband and still reading the Bible, desperately searching the scriptures. I confided in friends. I did a lot of things to really try to make progress and strides to not feel so broken. And yet there was just this pain that kind of kept surfacing all too often. As a matter of fact, just the last couple of days, I was in a situation where very innocently someone made a comment about needing to find my worth or put a value on what I do or whatever. And it, it was very innocent on their, their part and had no reason to think anything of it. But because of what I've experienced in different places and um, I took it in a really hurtful way. And I sat down with my husband and I said, why is it that my whole adult life, I feel like I have to prove my worth to people? And he's like, oh, Am. He's like, you know, that's not true. And and yet somehow it did. It just felt that way. And so, you know, I re-examined this whole concept because back, I told you guys that I've been working through the Gospels this year, which has been a phenomenal experience. I'm going really slowly. I'm using some commentaries and um, getting some background context and things that I haven't thought of. So I did Matthew earlier this year, and, and that's when I came across this passage that really stuck out to me. And in fact, I spent some time with it because Jesus said that a bruised reed he would not break. And I thought, okay, Amber, he's not going to let you break. That means you're not broken. You might be bruised, but you're not broken. Now, I want to give you some context because this passage comes in Matthew chapter 12. And at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus and his disciples are going through the grain fields and it's the Sabbath day and his disciples are picking some of the grain and eating it. And the Pharisees, because they had nothing else to do, are watching the disciples and they called him out. Like it's against the Sabbath rules to pick grain on the Sabbath. Now, 
What you need to know is it wasn't. It was against the Sabbath rules to harvest on the Sabbath, but plucking a couple heads of grain and eating them was not against Sabbath rules, except for their rules, which they were they had made. So God had made his own set of rules. And then the Pharisees just didn't think it was, you know, good enough. So they added to all these rules. And so by their set of rules, well, the disciples were breaking it, but not according to God's rules. So we got through this and then Jesus went to the synagogue and then there was a man with a shriveled hand. And of course, the Pharisees had to just watch and wait. And Jesus said, you know, if one of you had a sheep that fell into a pit on the Sabbath, wouldn't wouldn't you get it out? So why should I not heal this man? So of course he healed the man. Then Jesus withdrew and we're told that he healed all the sick. And so he was out of the public spotlight. He withdrew. So he was by himself, but people were bringing their sick to him and he was healing them. And then Matthew wrote this. He said, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight. He will proclaim justice. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Till he leads justice to victory, in his name the nations will put their hope. That is from Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 4. There's this wonderful website. It's called gotquestions.org, and you can type in, what does it mean when Jesus says, a bruised reed he will not break? And this is the explanation that was given. To the world, a bruised reed is a worthless thing. It has no power, no stability, no purpose. It is good for nothing but to be cut down and discarded. So in the world, there are many bruised people, individuals who have been wounded emotionally, spiritually, or physically. They're feeble, and to most of the world, they are dispensable, but not to God. The prophecy that Jesus fulfilled is that the bruised reed he would not break. It's a prophecy that speaks of Christ's tender, compassionate care for the weak and downtrodden. And you see that all throughout the Gospels. That's why I love spending time in the Gospels right now, because you see how often he stopped for the lepers and for the blind people and the man who was lowered down from the roof and the woman caught in adultery, and he made time for the Samaritan woman by the well. And He came back for Thomas, and he made time for Peter after Peter had betrayed him, denied him, I should say, um, and probably was pretty broken in himself. 
And yet Jesus came back and reinstated him. He came back for Thomas. I mentioned this before. You can't read the Gospels without seeing exactly what this is saying, the tender, compassionate care that Jesus had for the weak, the downtrodden, the spiritually longing. You know, the people were living under the Pharisees who had made all these extra laws. And man, by the Pharisees' standards, they thought they were doing really great. The Pharisees, you know, they they made a big show about how perfect they were and they kept all these laws. And everybody else, man, I'm just trying to get by and I can't keep these rules. Like there's so many rules, I don't know how to breathe. I breathe and I'm doing it wrong. Like how do I get there? How do I... How do I know I'm saved? Like if I was living in Jesus' day, I would probably be one of two ways. I would be a fanatic who took the rules so seriously that I, like the Pharisees, thought I was so self-righteous that I didn't need anybody else. Or I'd give up. I can't do it. And that's what Jesus walked into. You don't have to. I didn't mean for this to be this way. I didn't mean for it to be this hard. My father didn't make all these rules. This is above and beyond what we wanted. But the law anyway, even if you're just taking God's law, the law shows that we can't do it. So I couldn't have kept God's law. (laughs) All those, you know, laws about being unclean and, and, don't touch this and don't do this and don't eat that. And I mean, I, I couldn't have done it. And that's the idea. It was to show the need for a savior. And so when Jesus came, he didn't come as the judge. He will come as a judge someday, but he came as this tender, compassionate, loving man who walked the streets and healed the sick and sat in the temple courts and taught the truth about his father's will and what the scriptures taught and how God is merciful and not just a lawgiver and not just sitting in heaven watching you break every rule or watching to see if you will break a rule the way the Pharisees just followed after Jesus and his disciples to see, you know, what they were doing and how they could trap him and, you know, man, such an angry way of life. And Jesus was so, so different. And the point that I want to make is that I know so many of you are hurt and you've been hurt by your family or you've been hurt by your employer or you feel unheard or unused or broken, or stuck, and you think, there's just nothing, right? No, that's not it. First of all, God does want to heal you, and he doesn't want to keep you broken. How do I know that? John 15, verse 11 says, I have told you this so my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Jesus didn't say that your joy could be, you know, sometimes, maybe, if things were going according to plan, 
He said complete, total, like whole, all-encompassing. That's what he wants for us. And I think that's what most of us want too. So how do we get there? Okay, so at the end of this explanation at gotquestions.org, actually up towards the top, they said this, a a reed that is bruised may be damaged, but it is not irreparable. A smoldering wick may be about to lose its fire altogether, but it can still be reignited. That seems like a really good place to start. Start by praying, God, repair me. Put my pieces back together for your kingdom and your glory. As long as we are broken and living in the world, sad and downtrodden, we are not showing people the joy and the power of God. Now, I am not minimizing anything. Some of you have had major losses, major trauma, and there are seasons. There are seasons to grieve and to learn your new reality. I'm not minimizing anything. I am saying that we don't have to stay there, that we can, through the power of God, get to a place where we can function and feel whole again and not feel as if we're going to stay broken forever. So first we start by prayer for repair and that God would reignite us. Second, sometimes we need to get serious, serious help. I've been walking through a situation recently with somebody who not only was very broken, but did a lot of breaking, was in a really, really bad place. And over the last two weeks, he's gotten pretty invasive help. And I've had the great joy and pleasure of talking to him on the phone and visiting him. And just tonight, uh, almost every night that we talk, uh, we pray together. We do every night that we talk together. And when I went to visit him, we, we prayed together. But today we were marveling at the difference two weeks has made. Because two weeks ago, he saw zero value in his life. None. And from the outside world, um, others wouldn't have seen a whole lot of value in it either. Just like that paragraph from Got Questions said, to the world, a bruised reed is a worthless thing. But now after intensive help and a lot of counseling and a different situation being taken from one situation and put somewhere else, things are looking so, so different. And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we just 
need to admit to the right people. I need help. (laughs) I can't go on like this. This, um, this isn't going to end well, and I'm way too broken to function. So who are those people? You know, talk to a pastor if you need to. Talk to a doctor if you have a primary care, or just go to the ER and say you really need help, and they can get a social worker involved and and help you find counseling. There's great Christian counseling in our circles that, you know, a lot of times they'll get you in for an emergency appointment. Um, But don't sit and suffer alone. So pray, get help, and don't give up on God. Because when you read the Gospels again, um, God isn't giving up on you. You know, Jesus could have walked away from the lepers. And he could have walked away from the blind men who were screaming. In fact, the whole crowd was saying, just stop, like, be quiet, you know, and and they were yelling all the louder and the paralytic. I mean, there's so many times God could have walked away. Jesus could have walked away. And that's just not who he is. So don't give up on God because God doesn't want you to stay broken. He, he definitely here is here to hear you, to help you, and to bring you to a different spot. So instead of identifying as broken, let's admit the times and the ways that we have been hurt. Let's pray about them. Let's seek help. And then let's get past that and realize you're not broken. You know why I know that? Because the prophecy said a bruised reed he would not break. You might be bruised, but you're not broken. And that means that you can still be repaired. This has been little things. Because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things.